Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 273. That's 273. It's another ENS late night wolves potty. It's the wolves podcast. I'm all you with Mr. Liam Keane on the back of a. He can do no wrong. Chewing Lopatigi. Played one, won one. It's all glorious. This is going to be incredible. I thought you meant I could do no wrong because I got my match prediction right again. Or yes. score prediction rather. Yes, yes, you did. Um, although I think I think you said a two 0 cruise. It was not quite that, Liam. Mm, I definitely didn't say cruise. Cruise. I definitely. Did you not said say cruise. That. Royal Caribbean. Maybe you might get a little uh, a little. Oh, that'd be nice. A little plug it? for them. Um, Pre-season. It's um, it's good to be back, mate. It's good to see definitely. you. It's good to see you face to face again. Let's get straight on with it. Let's get straight to business. What did you make of it? Oh, it was pretty crap, wasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it was very much... Um, it was a tough we, watch, wasn't it? Was it was a tough watch. It was painful at times. It was very much what we are used to this season, unfortunately. It was a lot of the same, where there's a lot of very talented individuals that aren't quite putting the performances together. Um, unfortunately, it, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, it comes a point when... You know they need they need a little kick at the backside, and I'm sure Lopetegui will be providing that. Um, yeah, I think Wolves didn't move the ball anywhere near quick enough. They had the vast majority of possession against the club at the bottom of League Two, and you would expect that of mm. Premier League players to have that. And they didn't do enough with it. Uh, as I say, didn't move the ball quick enough, weren't dynamic enough, weren't intense enough, uh, and weren't creative enough. And if you're not going to put those things together with the players that Wolves have got, mm. you're going to you're going to struggle and it took until the 77th minute for a penalty and by the way had they not got that penalty which I think looking at the replays is slightly dubious as well mm-hmm. had they not got that that was going to penalties that game oh. every day of the week so I am so thankful they got that penalty but it was definitely going to penalties look the pessimists will say well three pre-season games draw a couple of you know, a couple of wins, but not really anything special going on they've seen it tonight they've said more of the same they've got Everton on Boxing Day but you know look Rome wasn't built in a day Okay, they've got a long way to go. Um, he's working out these players. Let's be honest, Liam. Are the players that play tonight? Some of these players, when Julian gets his gets his guys in, are not going to be in this first team. He's putting out the best of what he can do, and like we've seen throughout this season, a lot of them aren't good enough. A lot of them are not good enough at this moment in time. It's scandalous to think with some of the money that has been spent, but they are not. They're, and whether it's an alt, whether it's Bruno whether it's Steve Davis, whether it's Julian Lopetegui, I know it's very early days, but these are players who can try and impress new individuals at the helm in that dugout, and we're getting the same old performances, not just against Premier League opposition, but the bottom of the Football League opposition. I'm not going to go too harsh into players tonight, I'm not. I don't want to do that, I want to concentrate onto, onto other things, but at the same time, you've got to question people's character when they're not really pulling up their socks and showing why. This isn't two million player, two million pound players. Ten million. These are twenty and thirty and forty million pound players. Some of these guys. It's it's staggering sometimes. And I look at you when you look at me in amazement with some of the things that we see on this football pitch. And I'm just and I look back at the fans and the fans are like it and we're like it. I'm like, I'm, it is quite amazing. Yeah, Julian Lopetegui is not a fool, and he will very quickly work out which players he can trust, which players are with him, which players want to fight. Um, and he will have a lot of decisions to make in, well, in January and going forward, uh, to be honest, in, in the summer as well. There's going to be a lot of a lot of change with this squad and the personnel that are there because you have to have the players that are with you to get Wolves out of the position they're in. And currently, they've got too many hangers-on, too many stragglers, too many weak players that are letting them down. Um, but look... You know, let's let's talk about the positives ish. Let's talk about the positives ish, which is uh, two goals in the last fifteen ish minutes of the game. Is it fifteen ish? Yeah. Fifteen twenty. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to say a massive, massive big up to Wolves fans, especially the South Bank, because we've talked about Raúl Jiménez. We've talked about him constantly. He has definitely made mistakes. He. You know, we we've talked about it a lot. We haven't. We've given him a bit of a bit of a bit of a rough, rough ride, and I think quite rightly so. He's come back, and he got a fantastic. Let's be honest, for him, a fantastic reception from the fa- from the fans tonight. He's come on. I think he made a difference when he came on. 
You know, I mean, Diego Costa, I don't know where, I don't know where he's, if he's going to score Wolves' goal this moment in time. Everybody loves him, he's a rogue, he's, but for me, Wolves aren't staying up, Diego Costa's playing up front every single week. You know, I think he goes, and we'll talk about Cunha in a minute, and, and if Jimenez, if he's going to stay, you know, for me, Diego Costa goes to the back of that line for me. Uh, going forward but Raul Jimenez whether you like him or loathe him he's made mistakes but he really acknowledged the fans there he really acknowledged how important they were he scored the first goal and he could be one of these guys who could for me get Wolves out of relegation I absolutely agree I think he came on first of all the the applause and the 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 ovation he got was excellent to see and I'm really pleased for him that he got that um, and he repaid the fans uh, in the short time he had on the pitch because his movement was good um, he linked up well with the players around him a nice link up briefly with Costa as well um, of course dispatched the penalty expertly I thought it was it was a brilliant finish um, uh, and he- I did say that Go the on. Gilliam keeper was literally <laughs> in the core before he even before he was two strides away. He was in the core of the net. No, you are you are right. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give you credit there. However, I will argue that Jimenez's penalty style yes. forces the keeper into yeah. movement, and he's very good. He's very yeah. cool, calm, and collected with penalties. I think that's how. I think um, exclusive here. That's. Uh, Lionel Messi, he learned that from Raul, I think, in the way that he took that penalty well, in the World Cup doubt, final. Without a doubt. That's yeah. how I take penalties now. Because mm, wow. wow. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, I thought he did pretty well. And if he's fit and ready to start against um, against Everton on Boxing Day, which mm. remains to be seen, um, I, I would definitely start him there. But in the long run, in the next few weeks and months to come, with signings alongside Raul, mm. I completely agree that for me, Costa drops down the pecking order and mm. Raul is certainly above him. I don't think Costa added very much today. Given the benefit of doubt slightly mm. in that he made a few runs that weren't found and he tried to muscle his way and bully defenders at times, but um, I just thought he was off the pace. Mm. He, he looked... I don't want to say he looked unfit because he has been playing and training regularly, mm. but he, he doesn't look up to the pace of of the Premier League, like <laughs> League 2 opposition, if I'm honest with you. He, look, he looked like he was a step or two behind the defenders for the majority well, of the game. Well, let's be honest, that front three, I, I thought I thought Geddes did nothing for me. Uh, Pedens did nothing really for me. Um, and they looked better when Wang Raul and Adama Traoré were on that field. And, and that would not surprise me if those three, like you say, start against Everton. We'll be previewing Absolutely, that later yeah. on in the podcast. Uh, Ryan Atnori came on, got his second. But I think, when, especially when Wolves scored that first goal, Wolves looked like the side who were going to score a lot of goals in that game, and that's what we were expecting. Okay, 15, 20 minutes of working them out, you know, lead to playing five at the back, really, you know, making it hard. You can understand that, but you expect Wolves, regardless of how many goals they've scored this season, I mean, astonishingly, Gillingham scored less than them in, in five more games, but you expect them to break them down at least before half time. So the fact that we were even talking about penalties towards the end of the game. Um, is incredibly worrying and some would say well you know not surprising with the way things have gone but they are through they are as you say two ties away not two matches but two ties away because the semi-final is over two legs from a Wembley final here which would be the most mental of things um, considering how they've done this season bizarrely um, it's secondary of course it is to Premier League safety of course it is that will always be uh, number one priority but if you are getting progression if you're if you are winning games that's the most important thing look Wolves have gone through tonight these are the other teams Leicester City have gone through tonight Newcastle have just scraped through against Bournemouth tonight Southampton have gone through tonight but you know you look at Southampton who are in the draw Leicester to a certain extent again Newcastle a decent side but you know Wolves play well you never know if they're at home they could beat Newcastle they could do there's going to be one out of Brighton and Charlton who go through. There's going to be one out of Blackburn and Forest who go through. Man United play Burnley, Man City, Liverpool. We don't know what side Liverpool are going to play, but Man City, probably, you know, you don't want to be t- facing them in the next two rounds. But apart from that, you know, Wolves could be facing the winner of Blackburn Forest for a chance in a semi-final or other games, Southampton. This is a competition that, you know, could end up potentially at Wembley. And I think it's important, and I hope that... I think he picked the best 11, starting 11, that was available to him tonight. Maybe minus Adama Traore. The rest of them had to come off, you know, Huang, Jimenez, etc. Maybe half an hour and looking, like you say, ahead to Boxing Day. But, for me, if he's going to do that and going to pick his strongest side, I think he would do. Regardless of whether, what Premier League games there are on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday, you want to give it a good go in this competition. And you're pretty close. This is as close as Wolves have been now in a cup competition for a while. 
Yeah, since the... Uh, mm, since since the well, don't talk about it. Well, okay, I, won't, like, I won't mention it. We don't talk it. about it. It's, um, it's, like, it's like Harry Potter. <laughs> we, we don't mention him. I, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree that uh, Lopetegui did the right thing this evening by starting a very strong team. I think he had to. Um, you got, as I say, you've got a big gap up until the Boxing Day game. You've got a good opportunity to get some confidence and belief, which I think hopefully they'll, some of the players will get. And players like Huang, which you mentioned, for me, has played himself into starting against... Um, against Everton and Boxing Day, provided he's fit enough to do so. So, yeah, there, there's definitely some positives to take. And in terms of the competition as a whole, you have to give it the respect it deserves without compromising the Premier League, which is essentially what you've just said, that you have to take the opportunity that has really fallen into Wolves' lap, if we're going to be perfectly honest, um, and depending on the draw on Thursday night after the, the City-Liverpool game, uh, depending on how they get on there and if they get a, you know, a decent enough draw and a winnable game, then Wolves could all of a sudden be in a two-legged semi-final, which could easily fall in their favour, even against a Man City, for example. Over two legs, you never know what you might be able to, what you might be able to do. So um, it's a massive opportunity, and Wolves should definitely take it with both hands, but you have to have one eye on the Premier League every single week. Um, until Wolves are in a position, hopefully, where they're a bit more comfortable. Um, you've been around Julian Lopetegui now for his unveiling press conference, his pre-match press conference for um, for this game and his post-match. What did you make? What do you make of his? First of all, we'll, um, we'll come back to the pre-match press conference and the reporting situation, which I know you mentioned on Twitter. But his demeanour, the way that he speaks with the media, um, maybe his differences or similarities to, to predecessors who've, who've gone by. What um, what do you get from him? I was speaking to some colleagues after his pre-match presser on Monday, and I just described it as a somewhere in the middle of Nuno and Bruno. Now, my my experience of Nuno was only limited. I covered maybe a dozen presses over a couple of years with holidays and illness and things like that. Um, but everyone knows what he was like, and he was very short, sharp. Um, <laughs> not the friendliest of chaps, if we were perfectly honest. Um, Bruno was the polar opposite, very friendly, very affable, um, but would give you war and peace answers. I mean, it was reams and reams of stuff on different tangents and going off on all all sorts of things he would talk about. And he would trip up on his words occasionally and come up with anecdotes that make no sense. And it was occasionally a little bit all over the place. Uh, not all the time, but occasionally. Um, and he and he spoke himself into trouble a couple of times as well. Lopetegui, the impression uh, that I've really got is that he's somewhere in the middle. He's respectful, he's friendly, but he's very driven, very focused, a laser f- focus really, um, and has does carry this respect with him because he's been there and done it at you know a very high level. So um, it gives you reason to believe that Wolves are in safe hands. But obviously, having watched that game tonight, he's got a lot of work to do, and particularly in January as well. Um, reporting, reporting on tweets, reporting on games, reporting on pre-match, it's changed a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, so it's only to do with pre-match um, press conferences. So you'd have seen in the post-match one today that me and everyone else were were tweeting uh, stuff from Lopetegui's uh, answers all the quotes etc so that was live enduring it and there was no there was no issues there um it's all it's only to do with the pre-match ones they're the ones at the training ground normally the day or a couple of days before the game um and really the reason for it has come from partly that when there's a new manager there's always changes and changes the way that they want to do things and the way that the club wants to operate on the other hand just talking about bruno and the way he would answer questions he as he talked himself into trouble a couple of times. Um, those quotes and answers will then be tweeted by myself, other other colleagues, um, out of context. Now, there's nothing wrong with us tweeting them fairly, but they're very much isolated. Those comments and occasionally some of those comments he would make without the full tweet, with the full answer, which we obviously we can't put on Twitter. Mm. Um, fans would blow up and it would make a big sort of storm on Twitter. So the club want to avoid that really and just have us tweet at the end of the press conference with a sort of highlights, one, two, three tweets, whatever it takes really to get um, all of the points covered. It gives us an opportunity to 
think about it a little bit more before tweeting it and it means that nothing really is going to get sort of uh, confused so it wasn't necessary there was no sort of um, concern that you know me or colleagues did anything wrong I think it was just an idea of not having the wrong message get out there from what a manager's trying mm. to say I think there's less chance of it happening with Lopetegui but Wolves have taken the opportunity of a new manager coming in just to make a change and if we're going to be perfectly honest for us, practically, it doesn't really make any difference no. at all. I, I, I'm not. No. I, don't, I don't feel mm. censored or bothered about it at no. all. Um, it, in some ways, gives me less work to do. So, yeah, <laughs> and, and, I'll take it. And you know, post match will be exactly the same. Exactly, you know, if, yeah. if, they're, if they're talking, then we will be live tweeting me and Liam. You know, if, if we can and when we can. So that's it's, it's a very minimal difference. But if, you know, when you do a tweet thread and people are asking where is it pre match, then you know, obviously you've explained that. Um, Look, we've talked about the players on the pitch, the players who we might see in two to three weeks' time. It could be very different to, to what we're watching at this moment in time. Let, let's talk about Matej Cunha. I mean, this is this is the main uh, player or the most imminent player, we think, or we hope, uh, coming to Molyneux. What's the, exactly the latest on him as it stands at, Liam, 11.30pm on Tuesday, December the 20th. It's past my bedtime. It's past mine. I'm very tired. <laughs> I was in London this morning giving the dogs a groom, so... Um, How much was that? <laughs> well, it was, it was £299.50, but that included anal glands, oh. blueberry facial... And um, and a, and, a, and a biscuit. You walked away with a peanut butter biscuit for the for the pups. Well, you did, or the dogs walked off. No, no, no. I, the, the the dogs walked off with oh, it. Bless for them. For that money, I want a biscuit as well. <laughs> Come on. We had one in the ivy for breakfast as well while we waited for them. So you know, it was um, it was a low key morning in London. That's absolutely incredible. <laughs> um, so on the important stuff. Yes. Uh, well, you talk about spending a lot of money. It's nothing compared to what <laughs> wolves are going to be splashing on Matthias Kuna. <laughs> Um, I wonder how many how many twentieth place sides in the Premier League um, going into going into January have spent uh, upwards of well the money we're talking is it up to forty million pounds yeah. here forty yeah. million pounds how much how much exactly is it or how much is it very close is it forty million and also what's the what does what surrounds the deal what are the you know what's going to happen for that to be triggered if he comes. Or when he comes? Is yes. it a case of when? It, it, at this point, it's a case of when. So, uh, yeah, just to, you know, as I understand it, to be clear, that it is a forty million fee. Um, you would you would expect that to be paid in instalments, but that is very much a, you know, a, a an upfront standalone fee that is uh, that does not include add-ons, as far as we understand it at this point. Um, he will be having a medical at Compton on Wednesday. And Wolves will be looking to tie this deal up imminently. Um, by the time many people are listening to this, um, we expect it to be very much on the way. So, um, yes, it, he comes in on loan uh, originally till the end of the season. Um, and it's going to be one of those... And the way it will be announced as well is it will be a deal that is very similar to Bubakar Traore's deal that came in. So Wolves announced that as a loan with an option, mm. but certain clauses would, will make it an obligation. Um, I reported only a couple of weeks ago about that deal with Traore um, to say that it was on very minimal appearances and that it's it's a formality that it will be um, that it will be an obligation that that he'll meet those clauses and it will go through. Um, I'm told it's very similar uh, with with Matthias uh, Cunha in that it will be a, a loan with what will be described as an, as an official option, but it is a formality. And as far as Wolves are concerned, he's their player and he will sign permanently in the summer now there'll be small things that get in the way look if god forbid he has a serious injury on his debut anything along those lines that that may get in the way of that of course that won't um, happen to any wolf strikers liam <laughs> was I? I shouldn't have said it like that should i Goodness um me. but yeah as far as wolves are concerned he's coming in and he will be their player long term and this is a massive investment wolves are making in a 23 year old brazilian international who they hope will bring goals and the kind of creativity that they need to get them out of trouble. And he will be one of several signings that they're going to make in January. You'd have thought this would be, well, I assume it would be the biggest fee that they will be paying for a player to come in in January, you would have thought, at £40 million. I don't. Well, the the record was Nunes in the summer, who was 38, rising to 42. So they, yeah. ne- they never signed someone in January for this kind of money. Definitely, no, exactly. Definitely, definitely no, not. Exactly. Um, Look, Lopetegui wants this guy. You know, he wants him. I think when he accepted, finally accepted the Wolves' job, it will have come with 
certain he would have wanted certain guarantees. He wanted backing, and this is someone he he backs. And just because a player has not maybe set alight the world so far in the last couple of seasons, anyway, in terms of goals scored, doesn't mean to say that he can't hear. And obviously, Lopetegui is a very experienced manager. He's managed Spain, he's managed Real Madrid, he's very well respected around the world. If he's seen something in this player and he can get him and he wants him and he thinks that this this player could help keep Wolverhampton Wanderers up, then I'm inclined to trust him. I think you have to trust him. But, you know, you've got the pessimists and you've got the people who are who will be concerned because, let's be honest, Wolves have spent huge money on players so far, upwards of 30 to £40 million pounds who have not performed. This is another player a young player who's come in for huge money, as you say, Liam, guaranteed this money, guaranteed to pay massive money, £40 million, who has scored six goals in 40 appearances over two seasons in La Liga, who's yet to score this season. In 17 appearances. In 17 appearances. Yeah. And he's been brought in. And I think it'd be very unfair to say, for him to say a saviour, but when you're paying £40 million and you're bottom of the table in the Premier League, you want someone to come in and make a difference. And this is the difference maker that, that Lopetegui is, is investing in. Um, not only that, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, Liam, if Wolverhampton Wanderers do get relegated, Wolves will still have to pay this money. This isn't a get-out clause if they go down and it doesn't happen. So they are, they are in this big time. This is a huge, huge gamble for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, that was exactly, exactly what I was about to say. Look, if Wolves go down... Um... As far as we understand it, there's no clause that stops them from paying that, that money. They will go down and invest £40 million in Mateus Cunha. So um, it's a risk or a calculated risk. Um, I'll use the old cliche to say every transfer is a risk, and of course it is. And if you're going to bring a player in, he's scored 20 goals already this season. They're going to cost a hell of a lot more if they've done it at a very good league. Um, so look, Wolves are putting a lot of money in to bring in a player who hasn't scored this season, hasn't scored a hell of a lot of goals since he's moved to mm-hmm. Atletico Madrid. But you don't play for Brazil and have eight caps if you exactly. Um, you're you reading my mind because we've been too long. We're, we're, we're just like that we're on just the like wavelength. That. It's incredible. Uh, you look, you have to be a good player if you're going to play for Brazil. He's played eight times for the national team, played tw- twice in two friendlies this year in, in the summer and in September and just missed out on the World Cup squad as well. Um, so he's a talented player with pedigree. When he's played regularly every single week at Hertha Berlin, he's scored goals regularly. Atletico Madrid have a lot of competition with Griezmann, Morata, Jao Felix, and he did not play regularly there and hasn't played regularly there. Mm-hmm. So all of this is context that is very important to put in there. But at the same time, we have to be realists and say, yeah, he hasn't scored many goals. There's been lots of reports about him at previous clubs falling out with coaches and people like that. So we have to take all this into account and say that it's a calculated risk, this signing, and one that we all hope is going to pay off. But I will echo your point that we have to trust what Lopetegui is doing at this moment in time because he's asked to be backed. The club are obliging. He's bringing a player in that he wants and with the pedigree he's got, we have to trust his judgment at this point and time will tell. And time will also tell on his judgments on the players that are currently here and who may go out. Um, and we have to tr- trust his judgments on those as well until, until we can really have our opinions otherwise. Um, but this looks like, and what this is, I guess this is a good thing, is that... We're expecting him to be signed and he's going to be ready to go. He's fit. He's going to be here early January. He's going to be available very, very quickly if he signs and everything goes according to plan. That's massive, isn't it? Because, you know, we look at the January transfer window and in the past and we're there on January the 31st, February the 1st, whenever that deadline closes and the scrapping for players. There's a lot of games and very important games to be played in the month of January. So if you can get this player in and ready to play, that's four or five games more than you're going to get out of him, of course, at the the end of the month. So that could be key as well to get this deal done, that they've got it done, they've they've got ahead, Okay, they're going to pay the money, but at the same time, you're getting a player ready to go from day one. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a big emphasis on not just from the club side, from from Lopetegui's side, that they needed to get some deals done quickly. Um, they're going to get this one done quickly. You would hope that they're going to get at least another couple done fairly quickly as well, um, because 
Lopetegui is very keen to get some new faces in the door. The club needs it, the squad needs it, and the manager needs it mm. to make a difference with his team. So that's going to be really important. And he needs as much time as he can, uh, Cunha, to settle into the Premier League, which is a very, very tough league to get I mean, used you're to. looking for a Brazilian lad to settle into... To come to Wolverhampton, you know, in January with three or four, four or five months to go before the end of the season, when your club's set adrift. I mean, there's not too many people have come and done that and, and you know, and scored the goals to keep a to keep a football club up. I mean, it's it's of course it's going to need some other players. It's going to need some players here that are currently here to help him. You can't just all ask. It's very un- I think it's unfair to ask Cunha to go and do this. But at the same time, if he can score seven, eight goals, important goals, then that is. Probably worth its money, isn't it? He'd be the top goal scorer for the last two seasons if he got seven or eight goals. <laughs> we'll take that every day of the week. It's, um, but like you say, this is the first of what we expect to be quite a few incomings. This is the first one. Um, where are we with other names who have been mentioned and how far down the line are we? Just before I do that, mm-hmm. uh, to make it clear as well with, with Cunha, this is very much a deal that has come about because of the relationship with George Mendes as well. He's very close to Wolves, as everyone knows. Mm-hmm. He's got a very close relationship with Atletico Madrid. He doesn't represent the player, um, but he has helped certainly get this deal um, across um, and you know, take what, take what you will from that. But he, he's, had a, he's had a major input, certainly. So, just do, you make, think, do you think he's... I mean, the groom, the groom cost me £299.50. Do you reckon he's made 300 quid out of the deal? Uh, maybe 285 three, three, 285 yeah, Maybe not quite £295, OK. He's got half a night in London. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, so, the latest we're hearing with, with other names that have been linked is that nothing is particularly close. We know that there's a, a, an interest, very much so, in, in Aaron Wan-Bissaka, um, why do you why do you why do you why do you kind of sit on Bissaka because yeah obviously it was fantastic at Palace went for big he money was. to Man he was brilliant and he was a, a huge fan of his went to Man United I thought he had some decent games but he is he's definitely regressed now I don't know I, I don't know enough about Aaron Bissaka to see of what he's done recently because he hasn't played a lot but yeah. you know if you're getting the Crystal Palace player then fantastic but I think you're going to be involved in a you know, two or three or four of the clubs, first and foremost. And also, you've got to see, is he gonna, is he better than what you've got at this moment in time? It's, it's a real tough one with him because he's shown that he's a very good player, as you, as you rightly say. Um, but if he does come in, you bring in a player that is low in confidence, low in belief, low in match fitness. He's played... Mm. Once this season in all competitions, mm. that was in August, and he came off the bench in the 86th minute. Wow! They're the only minutes he's played. That was against wow. Liverpool. That's the only minutes he's played all season. So you're not bringing a player in that is fit. No, he's not ready to. He's not ready to go straight no. away. Now I, no. I'm not exactly so sure. This is what you're saying is he starts ahead of Nelson Semedo. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not exactly sure how much he has played uh, behind the scenes at United with the you know under 21s etc yeah. I'm sure he's been involved in some capacity mm. um, but the Premier League is very different mm. um, and he's not Premier League ready and fit to go now, I'm not saying it would take him particularly long to get to that position because he's a young lad he's still, well, I think he's only 25 isn't he he's at you know a good age um, a good athlete so good, age, good age <laughs> good age so I don't think it would be difficult for, him, for that to happen but I think it's an important point to make um, and similarly I, I don't think he was ever a £50 million player no um, absolutely not no I, we don't know to what extent that burden has, has, has held over him um, how he feels about that um, but he has definitely regressed a little bit at United but I do think there's a player there so if you're going to ask my opinion on the deal I would say if Wolves can get it done for a loan with an option and not an obligation, um, I'd definitely be open to that because Semedo and Johnny have not performed this season and mm. Wolves need a right back. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, Other areas of the pitch and, or centre back? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very, very keen to bring a, a centre back in. Felipe and uh, David Garcia have both been mentioned. Felipe's gone a little bit quiet because, um, of course, he was alongside Cunha in the Atletico Madrid deal. That's very much gone quiet at the moment. Um, David Garcia was a player that he's on a he's on a list and they're looking at him, but he did come out publicly and say that he's not leaving. So you know you can take it with a with a pinch of salt. It's not gospel what players always say in public, but um, it'd be interesting whether they can change his mind there um, and whether that's one they're pursuing. Uh, and then Isco's been mentioned a lot. I mean, a very very big name is now a free agent after leaving Sevilla. Um, you would imagine he could demand very high wages being a free agent as well. 
mm-hmm. which is something to take into account. Um, but as we understand it at the moment, it's not one that is 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 on Wolves' radar. It's not a goer at the moment, but we'll keep an eye on it. And there will, but there will be players, obviously, that we have not discussed that are definitely... Absolutely, will, you know, absolutely. A, lot, a lot of them as well. Wolves are going to bring in... The numbers we're getting at the moment is probably about a handful of mm. signings. Um, anywhere from four, five, six players. Um, and With I the majority to come into this starting eleven, or to or to come into this squad, because you look at some of the players available. I feel like you know this isn't just one or two players that can come in here, but he wants to have maybe he maybe sees four or five starters of the of the players that are on on that field tonight, and the rest. It wouldn't shock me to see one or two. 18, 19, 20-year-old players, like a Chiquinho style that comes in, has a bit part, but does get opportunities. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if that happens as well, but it's very much um, on Lopetegui's to-do list and Wolves' to-do list to bring players in that are going to challenge to start every single game. Um, that's what Cunha's coming in to do, and that's what a right-back, a centre-back, and potentially midfielder will do as well. So those are the potential incomings that, that could be coming in, You know, whether it's names or, or positions. Will there be players that will leave this club either on loan or permanently? Um, it, again, it depends on the deals that can be done. Depends on the players that come in. If Wolves bring in um, two centre backs, for example, Mosquera's very likely to go on loan. Uh, you'd imagine Totti Gomez will be considering where his future lay, considering he had an option to go on loan to, to Italy in the summer, and, and Wolves turned it down. Um, so it very much depends on the positions and the kind of experience they bring in. Um, but outgoings are definitely possible. I think Wolves are very keen to bring players in before they can make any firm decisions on high-profile players leaving the club. But a player like Nelson Smedo, you'll have seen, I'm sure people have read um, Johnny Phillips' column in the Express and Star. Nelson Smedo is a player that, look, if they can get a deal that is right for all parties, could leave the club. Mm-hmm. But I think you could say that about quite a few. So it's going to be one to watch for sure. Oh, nothing tomato. I mean, he was poor that? today, if I'm honest. Like... But he's not. And we've mentioned a few: Costa, Geddes, Pedenza. There was a handful really that were poor. Yeah, um, definitely were. Um, right? Shall we? Um, shall we take some questions from the peeps? Let's do it. Okay, let's take some questions. First of all, though, Liam, I know you're cold. Uh, <laughs> I know you're cold, and I've got my I've got my hand on your lap as we speak, just to warm me up slightly. I'm, oh, I'm that creeping, your hand, creeping up the old uh, the old thigh. But but why have that when you can have a fifteen pounds? Heated under blanket from Pifco. I'll Kev- take the hand, mate. Kellen Toastaman.co.uk, of course. You're a sponsor of the Wolves podcast, and um, I'd like to know if anyone's actually been onto the website or even gone down. Um, we all know the energy crisis are in at the moment, Liam, and this is um, some very low-cost things that are going to assist your house. My house is frigid still at this moment in time. Got back from London today. Liam, we're at 13 degrees. We're at 13 degrees. The heated blanket is straight on. The space hopper's straight on. We're warming the house a little bit, and then we're turning it off, you know, because it's all going on dog furs getting cut. I was on 13 degrees when it was minus 7 outside. <laughs> For me. absolutely brutal. Kellentoastman.co.uk. Get yourself involved. Right, okay, here we go. Get the questions in. First question is from when I click on the tweets. Um, Andy, we kind of answered your question about who you think and, and, um, and who you think's likely to leave. Ronan Gibbons, thoughts on June Lopetegui not clapping the fans after his first game? I know it's only Gillingham and the Cup, but small gestures go a long way with building a relationship with the fans. He's definitely right that those gestures do go a long way. Um, from what I've gathered of his character and what other people are telling me, um, I think it's just an oversight and I think he'll learn pretty quickly um, not to do that in future and to show the fans a bit of uh, appreciation. I don't think it's something we read into too much. I think if it's a consistent thing, then it's a question to ask him uh, and I'll definitely do that if he, if he continues to do it. But I think... I think, yeah, I think you'll learn quickly. Uh, Jathan Nuda says, mince pie or Christmas pudding? Um, I was tempted by the mince pie there. Do you see them on the, as we came in tonight? I had one. They were actually quite nice. Were they? I had one at half-time and they were warm. Oh, were they? they yeah, they were warm. Oh, and they were I sod's law when I stay upstairs. i never really been a mince pie kind of guy. Mm. Nice rhyme for mm. you. Um, but that one was pretty good. And I, was, I think my taste buds have changed. I quite like a little mince pie now. Um... Christmas pudding, I don't think I've ever eaten it before. Really? And it, it's never really the kind of, it's never the kind of dessert that takes my fancy. Is it more of a, but yeah, but you must have had it at home as in like, you pour the, the sherry or the gin on it and then you... Never and done then that you, in my house. 
No? No, we didn't. And then you light never, it up and you turn the lights off and you have the blue flame. House. Do it every year. Never done it in my house, not once. I like a good mince pie from Betty's, which is delicious. But um Who's she? Um oh, she's an incredible lady who makes exceedingly good cakes. <laughs> you um, <laughs> <laughs> it's late, it's late. But um, Christmas, pu- I like a bit of hot Christmas pudding with some single cream on it. I know people have custards on it, ice cream, single cream, Christmas pudding. If you get a really good one, plenty of fruit in there, absolutely incredible. Delicious, big fan. Big fan of both, to nah. be fair. They've all got the place. Um, Wolf says, Wollongong Wolf says, Subs had a positive impact tonight. Do I, Nuri Jimenez, Huang and Nunes all start Boxing Day? Uh, fitness is a big part, particularly for a couple of them, uh, Huang and Jimenez. Probably more for Jimenez than, than Huang, but I think both of those is a question mark. Um, but the overall sentiment of that question, I, I have to agree with. Aside from possibly Aitnori, I like Aitnori, always have. He's been inconsistent this season. He took his goal well tonight in a slightly different position. But I did think Hugo Bueno did a good job tonight, and particularly in that first half. Bueno seems, he started obviously the, the Cadiz friendly as well, the last friendly in, in Marbella. He seems to be ahead of Aitnori in the in the pecking order at the moment. And I think Bueno will keep his place. But the other three you've mentioned, I think, should start. It just depends on fitness. I thought Nunes in that question as well you mentioned did fairly well tonight when he came on. So, um, yeah, I would, I would say those three th- for me come in. Okay. Um... Who will we see, who will we sell in January if anybody says Jez? Who would you say is the most likely? Who do you think it would be the biggest departure to go in January if they were to sell someone? Oh, take loans it's away. It's a tough one. I w- I would have to say one of the two right backs, a Johnny or a Semedo. Okay, I really do because they're both bang out of form. Wolves obviously want a right back. It's very much on the the wish list. Um, Semedo did himself no favors tonight, and Johnny's injured currently. Um, I could see one of those two being being one of the more high-profile departures, definitely. Um, Amar's Music Show says, Seems like Ryan Atnori was almost playing as a forward tonight. Decent finish too. Do you think Lopetegui could change his position? Yeah, he when he, when he came on, he definitely did play further forward. Um, I thought he did well. Good finish. Um, nice movement. He is a tricky player. He's very attacking-minded. Um, it's, it's not impossible that he changes his position but I don't see it I think Wolves have got two good players there at left back and you need a bit of competition and Wolves are, are pretty well stocked out wide albeit not many of them are performing um, so I don't think that will be the case but it's one to keep an eye on uh, Tom Southall says do you think this team needs a change of mentality more than anything hopefully J-Lo will get more out of them I think it's a really important point I do I was actually saying this to someone um, at half time that I think you look at the careers of some of these players that aren't performing and they've done it elsewhere. They've shown it in small glimpses occasionally at Wolves. These are players who are a lot more talented than they're currently showing and I do think confidence and belief is very low amongst the group and the mentality is going to be massive. For some individuals and mainly for the squad as a whole, equally there's also positions they need to improve and Mm. signings are probably the only way they're going to do it. Andrew Krasnowski says, well, that's an important question, I guess. And uh, could this be the first major casualty of the Julian Lopetegui era? Maybe not sold, but is it finally time? He says, Andrew says, got to be time to sit Moutinho on the bench. Um, I Yeah, I have to agree. I do. I didn't think he was... He's not been great for large parts of the season. I thought he made a decent start to the campaign, actually, but... Um, for large parts of the season, he's he's not been consistent. He looks off the pace. He looks laboured. Um, he made a few mistakes in possession today, alongside being um, too slow to the action, and that's very unlike him. Um, I didn't think he was very good at all today. So, I think it is time for the bench. I think he still has value to bring to this team, um, but I do think it's an opportunity to move into the bench, particularly when Bubakar Traore is fit and available and a potential signing comes in in that position as well uh, OJ Bailey says how quickly can we replace Geddes Trinkhouse counterpart and half the player he was how long will the highlights be of tonight's game uh, well very short very short um, if you're saying half the player of Trinkhouse I mean, that is a statement <laughs> that's a statement and a half let's not forget he was woeful <laughs> for 30 odd games of the 33 played or whatever it was I mean he 
you know, he did okay in a couple of games, had a good half an hour against Leeds. He was absolutely dreadful. Let's, let's not, you know, beat around the bush here. Mm. Um, equally, Kellis has all been, also been um, very poor. There's no way you can start him uh, on Boxing Day for me. His attitude and body language is still very, very disappointing. Um, and he's, a, he's been a massive failure so mm. far. Um, he needs to show a hell of a lot more. I'm not convinced that, that he necessarily goes. I don't think it's impossible, but Wolves invested a lot in him only six months ago. Um, it very much depends on Lopetegui's attitude towards him, but it won't have improved after that performance against Gillingham, so he's going to have to do a lot more. A couple of good questions, interesting questions here. I, I agree with this one, actually. It's, they, they linked up quite well, albeit for the short amount of time they were on the field. CNNC Consultancy says, Costa and Jimenez, a partnership in the making or just one of many options we need? They did link up quite well, actually, a couple of times in that box. Very briefly. I don't see that as a partnership, okay. if I'm honest. I really don't. Um, I think towards the end of a game, you need a goal, you need some sort of impact. Costa comes on, keep Jimenez on and have the two of them together. Yeah, I, I, look, I can see that making some sort of impact down the line, but I don't think Costa showed anywhere near enough today to show that that can be a regular thing. Paul Mansell, is Cunha a Fosun signing or a Lopetegui signing? Was he on our radar before? It very much screams out to me as a Lopetegui signing. Look, he, he's, well, he will be aware of him from his time in Spain. Um, and he knows that he needs A, backing with signings and money spent, and B, goals. We've discussed the goals with Cunha already, but he's been there and done it albeit in, in, in Germany and you need to try and get it out of him and he's still young 23 there's a lot, to, a lot of work to be done there with him a lot of coaching to be done um, quite simply why aren't we better says <laughs> says HWV lover uh, why, the, why, why, are, why are Wolves not better the squad's unbalanced it's too thin in certain positions it's, it lacks leadership and experience and it lacks goals any, do you want any more reasons? <laughs> is that, is that enough? Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's crazy. We talk about leadership, we talk about experience. Um, brings on to Everton. Everton yeah. away on Boxing Day. Well, this is a massive game. Um, talked about it briefly with you before, Liam. This is a, a team that is battling to save, well, battling for their lives, really. Again, the same as Wolves. Um, for me, it's a must-not-lose game. Everton is a must-not-lose game. And out of the two games, that on New Year's Eve against Manchester United as well, if you were to pick a game where you have to win, actually Everton is a, is a far more important game you, than Manchester United if you're just going to win one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't want to lose to Everton. It's just... It, it beggars belief, really, and we talk about leadership. And, you know, of course, Conor Cody is always going to be talked about in this fixture and will be right the way up to it. I'm sure he'll be there. Um, you know, strengthened. Let's be honest. He strengthened Everton this season. He absolutely one hundred percent has, and he's weakened Wolves. I've got to think, and I've got to say, if Conor Cody was still at this football club, Liam, would he be playing in this starting lineup now? I think they'd be playing a five, and he would be playing. Yeah, I really do. Mm. I really do. But yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I think, from a purely footballing perspective, the idea of moving him on changing the style and formation and bringing in a young, talented centre-back in Nathan Collins for a big fee and, and sort of promoting Kilman even more into sort of a prominent role is, it was still not necessarily a bad idea. The mistake the Wolves have made is not replacing leadership um, and allowing too many leaders to go at the same time. You've, you lost Ruddy, Sice, Bolly, Cody, all in the same window. I think that's too much, and that's the biggest mistake for me. I, I value Conor Cody as a footballer, as a, as a leader and a captain, as a person, um, and he definitely would still add things to this side. But I don't think the idea of it was necessarily wrong. I think it was the execution of the idea that is that is let Wolves down, really. Does Conor Cody... I mean, look, he's a very good player in himself. You don't get England caps and, 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 and be... And, and be a poor player, absolutely not. We all were not surprised that he didn't play for England in the World Cup. It's It's, you know... We knew what he was going to go and do, but it's what he does for the players, Liam. Now, for me, Max Kilman is is lost at this moment in time. He looks lost. He really does. And maybe they didn't realise how important someone like Conor Cody was to Max Kilman play. This is a guy who Max Kilman, who was battering down the door to try and get in this England squad. Let's be honest. 
Gareth Southgate went to go and watch him at West Ham when he had one of his poorest displays of the season. He's been back to watch him. Didn't have a great game at Molyneux. Um, and you've got to say he's a million miles away from the England squad now. You really do. Um, you've got a very young centre-back partnership there. And I'm sure that's one of the areas, like you've said, where Wolves are going to bring in experience to come and to come and help out these last, you know, these last... How many games are there left? 15, 23 games or so. But um, I guess not having Conor Cody in the line of Everton weakens them as well, which means that someone comes in. It's a massive game for this football club. How would you go about getting a result there? A win would be absolutely huge. You know, we look. Let's look, look at the Premier League table. But they're a little bit adrift, but only like three points adrift from from really five, six, seven teams. But can they go there and win? And if they do, how do they go there and win? You are right about Kilman, by the way. I thought he looked jittery and nervous at times against Gillingham. Um, but equally, he's got to stand on his own two feet and uh, you know be a professional and, and, and take it all on the chin and take what's coming for him. But he also, they, well, Wolves also need some experience in centre-back. But um, on Everton, he has your right lot. I think, you know, I mean, they're still in the bottom of three regardless of a win. Yeah. If they, if they win on... You know, on Boxing Day... Four points off Everton, as yeah. it stands. A win would be absolutely massive. There's, there's no doubt in that at all. Um, it's, it's a difficult place to go. You know, Goodison is very retro, uh, old, uh, intimidating, can be at times, stadium with a good atmosphere and good fans. Um, so, you know, it's going to be difficult, definitely. For me, the midfield battle is going to be really interesting because you look at the team that they played, Everton, on the last game before the World Cup break, when they lost 3-0, by the way, to Bournemouth. Um, Onana, Idrissa Gay, and Iwobi, <laughs> and Iwobi in midfield. Um, that look, I'm, I'm not necessarily a massive fan of of Iwobi as a footballer, but he adds a little bit of guile and creativity to what is quite an industrious and physical midfield. So, on the face of it, that midfield has got a little bit of everything. Um, it doesn't mean that Wolves can't still dominate the game and still, you know, override that. But it does have a little bit of everything. And Wolves, I think, are going to have to be very aggressive in that midfield to take a firm grip of this game. That's how, for me, they win it. Um, I think they have, if, if Everton stick with a 4-3-3, I think they have to match that as well. Um, I can see him going with a 5, particularly away from home. Um, but if you do that, you're playing Totti Gomez alongside Kilman and, uh, and Collins. And I like Totti, but I do think Wolves, if they're going to go for a five, maybe we'll need to wait until they bring in another centre-back. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You also want to see how Everton line up because they've been playing a four, but they've had injuries to players like um, Godfrey, mm-hmm. uh, Mina, and their play- players are coming back now. They're back now, well. yeah. yeah. Holgate is Holgate back. Holgate as well, yeah. These players are coming back. Yeah. Um, so they may, even though Cody's not going to be available, they may mm. switch to a five themselves. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't necessarily say you have to match them up purely in whatever formation they play, but I do think you have to match that midfield. I don't, you cannot mm. be overloading them in that midfield against this Everton side because I think the turnover in transition is where they'll kill Wolves. Mm-hmm. But equally, Wolves have got the players to do it to them with the likes of Adama Traore potentially plays those kind of players yeah absolutely I mean, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be lucky I think Daniel Prudence will be lucky if he plays to be honest but um, I, agree. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying uh, and look you know up front Dominic Carvick-Lewin's not going to play the game looks almost certain that he's going to miss out Salman Rondon's left the club um, since the World Cup break and <laughs> so you're basically playing against Neil Morpé I assume he'll play up, up top on his own and you've got the likes of Damari Gray who you know obviously dangerous on the counter-attack and Neil quick. Gordon these kind of players yeah, yeah you know I mean decent players but Wolves should be going there and look, I, I get players people will be listening to this going have you just watched this tonight against bloody Gillingham you know we haven't got we haven't got a bloody chance if we play like that and I, I think they're, they're two completely different games and Wolves can go there and win they can, but they're going to have to play a damn side better than they have been doing. But they have got the players to go there and get a big, big result. And what a result that would be. But they've got to show some... You know, it's not just the ability. They've got to show some bottle. And this team haven't got bottle at this moment in time. And they've got to find it quickly. And the coaching staff will have come in. Lopetegui is going to come in. The belief that he's giving the players. They've got to go and show something. And got to show something to this travelling support, which will be incredible on Boxing Day, by the way, and give them something to cheer about. Because 
it's not quite absolute panic, panic, panic stations. No, Wolves are bottom of the table, of course they are. But at the same time, they can't lose this game, Liam, for me. They really can't. No, I agree. It's a must not lose, isn't it? Um, I think on paper, I would still stick by this. I think Wolves have got a better squad than Everton. I really do. You mentioned the striker situation there. It's in some ways die, die straight for them. Um, and Wolves, I think, are more than capable of winning this game. But it's absolutely a must not lose. Um, a loss does not define the whole season, but it makes life a hell of a lot difficult for the coming weeks, particularly when you've got the likes of United, Villa to come. No. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. You have to get a result here. Um, and it's going to take, as you say, a monumental effort, not just in terms of sprints and creativity and creating chances, but having that character. Mm. And they've got to have a bit of that. A bit of fire, a bit, bit of bottle. Of, a bit of fire, a bit of mm. bottle. Hutzpah. Yeah. Cojones. <laughs> You've got to have it all. Cojones. Exactly. So... If they show a bit of that, they're more than capable of getting something. And the travelling support, as you say, is going to have a big part in that as well. I'm sure the travelling support is uh, going to be as loud as it always is. Uh, can't wait. Uh, we'll, we'll have to go because my battery's going very, very quickly. Um, you've been magnificent on predictions, Keener. From being woeful, and I mean woeful last year, you, you've nailed tonight 2-0. Uh, so I'll give you the floor. I'll, f- I'll finish with mine. And I'm going to say it will be Everton 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers... One. Oh, he's not happy. He's not happy. He's just done a, just done a, just done a. He's cursed off air, muted. But muted it was, curse. Began, began with an F and ended with a K. So, well, first of all, the winner for my Gillingham one has to get in touch. Yes, of course. So, it is, yeah, 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 yeah. Let us know. Um, you I can't was, just retweet and not listen. Exactly. I was also going to say one one. Okay. I really was. Mm-hmm. So, I could change it just because you've gone for it but I'm not I'm going to stick with it 1-1 one, one. Um, and I think on the balance of the results and how both teams have fared that's probably the most likely outcome yeah. um, I'd love it to say Wolves are going to win 2-0 mm-hmm. but I'm going to go 1-1 one, one. <sighs> Nervous times but you know look with a tinge of hope there's more than a tinge of hope there's more than a tinge of hope and um, look hopefully it's going to be a, a great area and look if they can go win there I mean, we do, and you don't know what, what team Man United are going to turn up with, do you, on, on New Year's Eve? But if you can get four points from these two games, that'll be fabulous. Really, really good. I think that's what they've got to aim for. And I think it's doable. But, um, you know, fingers crossed. Pray. Pray Christmas for Christmas miracle. miracle. <laughs> Christmas miracle, baby. Right, from me, from Liam, have a great weekend. Um, we'll see you all at Everton on Boxing Day. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>